The worst moment in Connor Bedard's career has already happened to him. We'll explain today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Heilshorn, and with me is my co-host, Jay Foster. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get going here, we want to thank you all for making this your first listen every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. Jay, I am a little bit upset right now, and just a quick, <laughs> quick personal story about... 45 minutes ago, I was blading out on the tennis courts at my apartment complex, you know, trying to get some little dangles in before my game today. And I just had a simple, you know, little missed dangle. And I, you know, put my biscuit under like it's, you know, those pucks that are called biscuits that are Mm -hmm. like perfect for using outside. I rolled my they're like $20 like here in Columbus right now. I rolled it under the fence and I was happy that I just avoided the fence. And I was like, whoa. That was crazy. And then I get down on my hands and knees to grab my puck. I end up looking for 20 minutes for this no, that puck. gone. It's that gone. It's gone. apartment complex now. It is gone. <laughs> so it was my last biscuit. I'm just absolutely livid right now because, like, it shouldn't have gone far. It should have just rolled under the fence and just been right there. But, no, I had to spend 20, 30 minutes on my hands and knees in the mulch digging. So I'm really mad right now. So That's what you get for playing hockey outside. Like – that's what you get for just trying to go outside. You just lose money instantly, even when you're trying to save money. But so that was a great way to start the day. Um, apologize to anybody who is a closet Blackhawks fan. I know we have them. It's it's crazy here in Columbus how many like half Blue Jackets fans, half Penguins, half Blackhawks, half Red Wings. I will own up. I am sometimes half Red Wings. So if you're here and you're excited about Connor Bedard in Chicago, well, I just got bad news for you. I think it's the worst thing that could have happened to him. Um, I don't think he's going to retire as a Black Hawk. I think he already dislikes the situation. I'm being dead serious right now. And uh, I, we're going to talk about kind of where the first three guys in the draft went. And we're going to compare all three of their situations because I think these three guys are far and away – like in their own category, and then there's a drop-off, and then there's Will Smith. So I think it's interesting to talk about Connor Bedard, Leo Carlson, and Adam Fantilli. Bedard going to the Blackhawks, Carlson going to the Ducks, and Adam Fantilli going to the Blue Jackets. Just kind of where what their situation means. But the reason why I said that about Bedard, because I don't know if you saw this or not, but apparently Bedard didn't get to skate at the Blackhawks development camp. Like They just didn't have any of the kids go on the ice and Connor Bedard came out and was like this is the longest I've gone without being on the ice so he's pretty frustrated about that like he's being very open saying like yeah we didn't skate and I'm you know this is the longest I've gone without skating like Luke Richardson the head coach over there he's in his second he's going to be in his second year coaching the first year didn't go so well and now your you know star player is already saying hey I didn't get to skate at all. This is kind of bull crap. It's not a good situation early. Um, Jay, you used to be a Blackhawks fan. 
Unfortunately, yes, I am. I am a recovering recovering Blackhawks fan. I always I always like to say that it uh, it was it's it's a really good gateway, or it really was in in twenty eighteen uh, twenty thirteen when I was like getting into hockey. I was like, well, they are th- that's just the team, you know. It's like getting into football because everyone's talking about the Patriots, you know. So I feel like I can be forgiven for for being a Blackhawks fan, but it's a really interesting. I think Conor Bedard landed in the most interesting situation because I feel like the Blue Jackets are kind of what they are at the minute. Um, I don't think they're going. They're not going to be as bad as they were last season. I think that's you know, last season was an anomaly in all kinds of different ways. Um, the Ducks, I think. Again, I, I go back and forth on what the Ducks are like as a team. I think they have very good top players, and then it kind of gets a little bit shaky when you get to the depth. Um, new head coach there will be interesting. Um, I actually think I disagree with the the idea that Luke Richardson's first year coaching didn't go so well. Um, he's a really interesting choice because I think he's quite a good coach. Um and it felt like he was succeeding despite what the Blackhawks were putting on the ice. And like the Blackhawks traded everyone with a pulse, not named Seth Jones last season. You know, like they got rid of uh, from the summer onwards. Debrinker went, uh, Kirby Dark went, uh, Jonathan Taves is probably done in, in the NHL. They traded Patrick Kane away. Like Seth Jones was really the only kind of warm body on that team. It was Seth Jones and a bunch of like Mark Donks, you know, um, and it's going to kind of be the same thing again this year. But I'll be interested to see what Luke Richardson can get out of this group, because I went to look at their kind of roster page to try and figure out, OK, we're doing prep for this episode. Who is Conor Bedard going to be playing with? Because I feel like we know who Fantilli is going to be playing with. It's going to be some combination of Gaudreau, Line A, Ken Johnson, Karol Marchenko. Who's who's kind of Bedard going to be playing with? They signed, uh, oh, they traded for Taylor Hall. Excuse me, he's got two years left on his deal. He feels like the perfect winger for kind of Bedard. He's I feel ancient, call him a vet, calling him a veteran because he's like my age, but he is kind of in that grizzled veteran stage of his career right now. Um, you know, and then they've they've got a bunch of like middle to bottom six guys. I was like, okay, who's the second best winger? on this team right now. And it might be Andreas Athanasiu. They could bring uh, Lucas Reichel up from Rockford, who I believe made his NHL debut this season. I like Reichel as a prospect a lot, but do they want to bring him up and then potentially kind of stick him in a a bad situation and ruin his, his development. Um, So it's really interesting. Like is Bedard a better player than Fantilli? Yes. No one, no one is, is saying that. Not even um, Sam McGilligan, who talked a lot, talked up Adam Fantilli a lot, uh, but followed it up with he's not on Bedard's level. You know, no one is saying that Adam Fantilli is just as good as as Conor Bedard. I think that's that is the hottest of hot takes that I don't think anyone is saying. Um, however, I think Fantilli has been put in a better position to have more immediate success in this league than than Bedard, just by dint of he's got three arguably four legitimate top line set top line wings to play with um whereas Conor Bedard is going to be getting 31 year old Taylor Hall who still a very good player by the way and he's on his sixth team he's on his sixth team you know it's, yeah 
it, it's it's so difficult to predict because kind of if anyone can come out and break the system, kind of I can. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him put up ninety points between you know Tyler Johnson and Taylor Hall next season. You know, I th- I feel like that's very that that's a really easy thing to imagine. But this episode is not about who's going to have the best rookie season. This is who landed in the best situation. And we're going to talk a little bit about Carlson's situation um, in, in a little bit. But looking at these three players, it's tough to look at Conor Bedard and go, man, he landed in the dream situation. You know, Chicago has a lot of good prospects. They are in that process of the rebuild. But I do think they are still two, maybe three years behind where Columbus is right now um and i think anaheim is kind of in the same situation but i think they're probably a little bit ahead of chicago as well which again we'll get into the the carlson thing in a minute but it's yeah i don't know it's it's tough to say what's going to happen with bedard next season he could come out and and shine and you know do do a gretzky and you know or um do a, a uh, and Austin Matthews, you know, and score four goals in his first NHL game. Will he? I don't know. I don't know either. And I got some more on Bedard's situation in Chicago in just a minute. First things first, take a swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel. You get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just 20 bucks and you will land a $200 bonus bet, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from money line to over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All of it on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no waiting. They put the money right in your account. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Also, if you want to bet some uh, NHL, I've been you know, throwing some NHL futures around. I am kind of embarrassed to say what they are. Maybe I'll tell you here in a second. It's the, the Blue Jackets are winning the cup, I bet. I bet you put money Yes, I did. I, I put... I, I, <laughs> Put money on the Blue Jackets winning the Stanley Cup. I had to because I just like I have this deep fear that one day one of my favorite teams will reach the pinnacle. They'll win the trophy, whatever, whether it's the Lions, whether it's the Tigers, Blue Jackets, Ohio State, and I won't have money on them. Like that's the biggest fear that I have. So it, it does, it does haunt me that I almost put money on the Blue Jackets sweeping the Lightning in 2019, and then I was like, man. Dang. The way that the way that sports betting works, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but it's kind of a pain in the butt to like go through all of the different steps. And I was like, oh, I don't know, that could be bothered. It's really just like for committing to the bit at this point. That's not actually going to happen. Yeah. And then I think about how much money I would have made if I'd put like ten bucks on the Blue Jackets sweeping the Lightning. But that is that isn't the point of of this episode. Uh, what right. do you have? Some interesting things to say about Leo Carlson, I think. Yes, I do. But real quickly, I want to go back to Bedard um, because yes. I said he wasn't on the ice during the Blackhawks developmental camp. What he was doing was – and this is all Luke Richardson's idea. And he's a guy that you like. And maybe now that I'm reading a little bit more and thinking about this and you know, I forgot about the fact that I lost the biscuit already, um, 
I'm having a chance to think about this, and I think it's actually a good thing. So Connor Bedard didn't get on the ice during development camp. He was in sneakers, and they were doing some workouts on the hardwood and on a gym floor. And then they also received boxing lessons. And Luke Richardson was kind of explaining this, and he says it, it takes the pressure off some of the prospects that are looking to perform at a high level. And I kind of understand that because, like, you know, obviously – if like Connor Bedard was going to have pressure on him wherever he went, uh, especially if he went to Columbus, because that's a team that's just waiting to be good. They are ready to be good. Um, the Ducks, I think he would have been okay on the pressure because Anaheim's pretty cool on their hockey fandom. But Chicago, like they are sports town through and through, and they are expecting him to be the next Patrick Kane tomorrow. So for Luke Richardson to be in that headspace of let's let's get him off the ice let's get him used to his teammates now i can see i can understand that a little bit but then when you have him coming out and saying like no i want to be practicing what i'm spo- like it's better for me to be practicing that's how i get comfortable that's how i relieve the pressure like i i feel like Luke Richardson's really missing a step there he's overthinking yeah. it i should say i but- will say i will say in again in in Luke Richardson's defense kind of um i know a big thing for John Tortorella in training not necessarily development camp but i remember training camp uh at least one year they did the entire first day with no pucks it was it was just skating you know and obviously Tortorella big proponent of the i'm going to make every single player run 2 miles on the first day of camp to see who's been keeping up with their cardio over the summer. Um, personally, I think the running two miles might kill me at this point. Um, but, you know, I, I and I don't know that it's very useful for NHL players, but I think I can kind of see Luke Richardson's thought process in, especially when you look at um, what happened in a scrimmage yesterday for the uh, Maple Leafs development camp, where one of their top prospects got just rocked by some under undrafted guy there on an inv- on a like free agent invite um smashed his head off the ice and then just didn't move for a minute you know so like i can see i can see that they you know maybe they don't want to risk injuries at this point in the off season maybe I, I don't know but i think it's not necessarily like the kiss of death to be like well Bedard didn't get on the ice during development camp um i'm sure he's frustrated he's he's 18 all he wants to do is play hockey you know, is he, he might he actually, I don't even think he's 18. Yeah, I think he's still 17. He's 17. All he wants to do is play hockey. Like, that's his entire personality. You know, I feel like it's probably, we shouldn't read too much into him being mad about not getting to skate because I feel like he's mad about having to, like, go eat dinner instead of skating sometimes, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's yeah, true. I, I think my, my issues with, well, I said my issues. Um, my thing with Bedard is I still think, and this is before, again, Blackhawks fans, you like to drift through and, and watch these episodes. Like, hi, welcome in, I guess. Um, I still think it would be the funniest thing in the world if he pulled an Eric Lindros. And was like, no, I don't want to sign with these guys. Um, he's not going to, because that would rock the boat in every conceivable way. And as we all know, NHL players are illegal. Uh, are, are, um, it, it's illegal for them to, to rock the boat in any kind of conceivable way. But I do think it would be so funny. If Connor Bedard was like, actually, I don't want to sign with the Blackhawks. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. And yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I understand it a little bit, but I think at the end of the day, he's just like, ice time is ice time, and I want my ice time. And even though Torts had his players skating without pucks one day, at least they were skating, I think is like the point there is like they they were practicing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, 
to move on to Leo Carlson here, because as I'm reading into this situation, it seems like the Ducks are looking for their next Ryan Getzloff. And Ryan Getzloff had some words to say. He's part of their new coaching staff um, in this new regime, this new kind of Ducks era. And yeah, he sees a lot of himself in Leo Carlson. He's a big body center and he has a lot of skill. And I think they're trying to make that into Ryan Getzloff, which I think and and that situation is a great place to play too. Adam Fantilli going to the Blue Jackets is great because there's tons of young guys, tons of Michigan guys. But there's a nice young core with uh, Trevor Zegras, uh, Troy Terry, Mason McTavish. They got a nice young core kind of developing in Anaheim. That I think Leo Carlson. It is a really good situation for a young player to walk into. The thing that Carlson's been having an issue with is just getting out to Anaheim. I mean, like. His family trying to get to Nashville for the draft was brutal. They landed in New Jersey, had some weather issues, and ended up having to drive 13 hours to Nashville. Um, Apparently, Leo Carlson's missed some appearances and stuff because he's just had straight-up travel issues getting out to Anaheim. And that's another thing that I really didn't consider. And I think other fans don't consider like, oh, yeah, he's going off to play in beautiful Southern Cal. Like Southern Cal is halfway around the world for this guy. It would have been much, much easier for him to end up playing in a place like Columbus where, you know, there's a there's an an airport that you can travel to very easily. And uh, it's a smaller city, much, much probably more like the city that he grew up in. Los Angeles has like five million people in it. Like, gosh, it's an unbelievably big place compared to where he's from yeah, i like to go to la if i lived in la i that would it would drive me insane yeah um, <laughs> and i think something else so and, and not to, to interrupt but i just wanted to kind of add to your point about that core that they're building i i agree i think anaheim is building a really nice little forward core i i am a huge fan of trevor zegris's game um i like troy terry a lot i like mason mctavish a lot um again then on the back end they've got a, a kid like jamie drysdale who i think is going to be you know quinn hughes level good at some point i really really like drysdale's game um i wonder if part of the reason that they decided carlson over fantilli and obviously we talked a little bit about this with sam mcgilligan i don't remember if it was on mic or off mic about how carlson really impressed them at the combine i'm wondering if his versatility is, is an option there as well, because Adam Fantilli is pure center. Carlson is a very good center, but he has that versatility. He can make the jump to the wing in the same way that um, Trevor Zegris is also. He plays center, he can move to the wing. And I think having that versatility with, okay, you've got, there you go, there's your, your four top guys uh, in uh, Terry, McTavish, Zegris, and Carlson. You can put basically any combination of those four guys together and get success, you know? And I wonder if that's, I wonder, I don't know that that was the entire reason, but I wonder if Carlson's kind of like potential for the wing as well as center is uh, maybe, maybe they think that they can get, maybe, maybe they think that Trevor Zegras is the number one center of the, of the future, you know? And they're like, okay, well, we'll pick Carlson. He can go on the wing. And if Seagrass doesn't work out, then, hey, we've got Carlson to step into that space. You know, it's, it's honestly, I know that we've, we've talked a lot of crap about the Ducks and Pat Verbeek um, skipping on Fantilli. Carlson landing in Anaheim, I think, is a really good situation for him. I think they are closer to being competitive than Chicago. Um, Most the definitely. weather is nice. Like, you can't discount 
as someone who it's been raining for like 36 straight hours here and we had like an eight hour thunderstorm yesterday like the concept of sunshine uh can't be overstated in my book um do i think the fantelli lanterns in the best situation because the blue jackets i think are going to be the closest to competitive this season yes but i think carlson landed in a pretty good situation um he did he even plays for the ducks next season that's true yeah i mean you you sent me something along that you think he might actually be staying in Sweden next year, potentially like the, he has comfortability there. I said that thing about him having travel issues to Los Angeles. Obviously that is a first kind of couple months as a pro thing that I'm sure he'll get over very quickly. He'll learn to love Los Angeles. There's a million things to do out there. Um, The other thing is too, is you're absolutely right about them being much closer to being a competitive team. And with that young talent, it seems like just Naturally, they've they've learned to really build something authentic and interesting with that group. Where I just keep constantly thinking back back to when Jay Beagle like beat the crap out of Troy Terry so badly, and Trevor Zegers was, you know, in the media scrum right after that, asking Jay Beagle to get suspended and stuff and get kicked out of the league and whatnot. And I was like, I kind of love that, even though I hate the Ducks. Like I hate how flashy they are. More, it's just more. It's more jealousy than anything. But to see like that kind of like they went through that as a team, and they kind of bonded together through that. I think it's just really authentic. Like that builds a really authentic group that I think is easy to root for. And I think Leo will find his way in that no problem, just because he's a big, big guy and he can score. So <laughs> like I think the guys will learn to like him. Um, but yeah, we're going to move on and talk about our guy, Adam Boquist, because there was a certain rumor that had been floating around about him and where what might be happening with his career in Columbus. We'll tell you that after a quick break. Before we get to that little rumor, I want to take the chance to thank you, the everydayer, for making our dream talking about the CBJ possible. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on the SiriusXM app. You can find us right here on YouTube and look at our dumb faces as we say, I'd like to say above dumb things, but it's probably pretty stupid things sometimes about our favorite team and yours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, I want to go on record to say that all, everything I say is dumb, uh, <laughs> and therefore, if I accidentally say something smart sometimes, then uh, it's a win-win. It's expect a fluke. Nothing, and sometimes you'll be surprised by yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, expect if very I say little. it, then people on the internet can't get mean. Like, if I'm mean to myself, then people on the internet can't be mean first. Yeah, um, I'm going to say this. This this is a rumor from like the least credible guy on Twitter covering, claiming to cover the Columbus Blue Jackets. But hey, if he nails this, he nails this. This is our guy, Ian Phillips, who covers the CBJ for Yamo Media. Yamo Media looks like they are a uh, Columbus, Ohio based uh, media collective. And Ian Phillips passed this along per his source close to the team. Boquest talks are heating up. More details to come. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's getting traded, uh, but that does sound like he's probably on the move. And to me, Jay, if I'm some team out there that's looking to acquire a young defenseman with like huge potential upside on offense, 
I am looking instantly at a guy like Adam Boquist. Adam Boquist is just 22 years old. He has played for two teams already, played for the Devils, playing here for Columbus. He, uh, I'm sorry, another red and black. You're thinking of Jesper Boquist, his brother, who plays for the Devils right now. Adam Boquist was one one of the parts we got back for the Seth Jones trade. Thank you very much. Uh, just a red and black team represented by Satan. Either way, There's we could... too much red and blue in this league, and it throws me red off. and black. Too much red and black. Too much red and blue. Too many, you know, logos that are just based off letters, um, including the Blue Jackets. Is weirdly a C. It took me years before I figured that one out. Um, but Adam Boquist, I like. We've seen flashes of great, great offense from him. We really have. Like he can. He's very, very dynamic on the power play. He keeps his head up the whole time. He's looking for the pass. He's looking for the shot. It's. It just seems like too often, though, he also had a lot of mistakes where he would create a back-breaking turnover that led to a crucial goal. Or, you know, and like a lot of that can be written off as he's just a young player. But when you see that the Blue Jackets might be potentially moving Adam Boquist, what in your mind, Jay, do you think or would you like to think the Blue Jackets could get back for Adam Boquist. Yeah, I mean, f- first of all, I want to say, and I, I kind of, um, I, I've said this on both my Twitter and the podcast Twitter, I love Adam Boquist. I think Adam Boquist is a legit top four option for many teams in this league. However, if you look at the Blue Jackets right now, there just isn't room for him in that top four, and I don't think he's the kind of player that will thrive getting third-line minutes and playing, you know, the, the shutdown defense that I kind of expect from third pairing minutes, you know, like at the minute, I'm going to go ahead and say that the defense right now is probably um, the top four. I don't know what order it's going to be in, but it's going to be Wierenski, uh Provorov, Severson, and David Yerichek. Yerichek. I think he's yeah. going to be the top four. Then you've got Erica Branson, who's going to be on that third that third pairing. And then you've got to pick someone to play with him. I don't think Adam Boquist is that, is that guy. I think his value right now is very high. Um, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that I've really, I want him to go to somewhere and succeed. Um, Cause I feel like he's had a lot of negativity from both Blackhawks fans and Blue Jackets fans. Uh, he gets injured a lot, which, you know, that's just kind of how this game works. Uh, it's he, his, he, what did he break his foot or his ankle this season and then broke his hand, you know, broken bones happen. It's fine. Um, but he is a guy that I am rooting for to succeed somewhere else. Um, in terms of return, I'm not sure what I would want. Like, what I would want is a first-round pick, I think. Um, but that feels unlikely. Uh, I would have done maybe a second, like a second-round pick, and like a a minor prospect or a second-round pick, and a let's say a second and a fourth, maybe in the next year's draft. But obviously, the draft is just gone, so I don't know. I feel like people are stingier with their draft with next year's draft picks immediately after this draft has already happened. If that makes sense, I feel like people you, you don't see a lot of trades for picks this time of year. So uh, I wonder, do they move him for a middle six center? Do they move him uh, for a veteran goalie? Um, who again, I don't have any names to mind. Uh, I know that you Gibson want to talk about Gibson. If we have time, yeah, uh, that's going to be interesting to make the money work. But uh, if they trade Adam Boquist for someone like God, I don't know. I'm blanking on every single veteran goalie in in the league. But like, um, 
like a uh, not Keith Kincaid specifically, but a Keith Kincaid type player who is definitely on his way out of the league, but is good enough to start maybe 30 games this season. Yeah, I kind of want to just, as you're talking about that, I'm trying to get you a list of free agent goalies next year because we know that those guys would definitely be on the move. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know uh, Matthew Murray is going to be a UFA, but um, he's with Toronto. The Leafs one or the Stars one? That's the Leafs one. Mm, Uh, Connor Hellebuck is definitely a veteran goalie that you'd love to grab. That's a big piece, though. That that would be a dream situation. Um, he's obviously but again, the big the, fish. Like the money, and I actually pulled up. Oh, I cl- again, if the Blue Jackets uh, locked on Blue Jackets drinking game, I did close the tab that I need. Um, <laughs> Blue Jackets can't pick up another starting goalie like Hellebuck unless they get rid of Merzlikens. The money's not going to work. Uh, Elvis right. is making what five point two five million for the next four seasons. You, if you assume that Hellebuck is probably going to make eight plus. In his next deal, I'm not paying $13 million for two goalies. I'm like, I love goalies. If I could have a team of all goalies, I would, but that's just, that's just not how, it's just not how it works, you know? Um, so I am in the process. Mark Andre Fleury is going to be a UFA. That would be pretty sick. I mean, he's going to be four years I old. Would take, but... I would take a Mark Andre Fleury. Um, Carter Hart will be a UFA. Goalies. He'll be a young UFA, though, <laughs> at 26. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, the Blue Jackets haven't made a big, big move for a goalie since, I guess, technically Jonathan Quick, which he didn't even, like, I, that was stupid. Um, Blue Jackets haven't traded for a goalie since they traded for Bobrovsky, really, that I can think of. Um, so I would love to see it. We know Yarmo probably isn't resting. He's probably trying to make a move as we speak. And Adam Boquist is certainly a piece that I am willing to let go. For even a second rounder, I think that'd be amazing to get a second rounder for Boquist. If you get a first rounder, all the better. But yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see kind of what happens with him as the days roll on. Uh, That's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets, again, is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube and the SiriusXM app. I'm Hayden Househorn. You can find me on Twitter at HaydenH971. You can find Jay on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, Jacob with a K, and then a silent R after the O in Foster. You can find the show at LO underscore Blue Jackets. That one's also on Twitter. You can email us at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening, and until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.